Couch Chats is a series of real, open, honest and raw chats with some inspiring friends and women I've had the privilege to meet along my entrepreneurial journey. As well as some solo episodes from me, I hope this podcast can inspire you to always dream big and make it your reality. I am your host, Jess Williamson, a serial entrepreneur and business coach. And today I have Emma Isaacs on the podcast. She is the founder of Business Chicks and she has an incredible story. She's recently just launched her newest book, The New Hustle, and I can't wait for you to hear what's in store for this episode. If you don't know Emma's story, Emma is a university dropout. She started her first business when she was just 18 and she started Business Chicks in its current format when she was 24. So under her leadership, Business Chicks has grown to be Australia's largest network for women, which they reach more than 500,000 women each year and run more than 100 events a year. Some of their past speakers include Richard Branson, Sarah Jessica Parker, Elizabeth Gilbert, Brene Brown, Nicole Kidman, and so many more. Amongst all that, Emma has six kids, four girls and two boys, and she's been living in the USA for almost six years now. So Emma has such an inspiring story and so much wisdom to share. So we're going to jump straight into the episode so you can hear it for yourself. So, hey, Emma, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Uh, It's so exciting to be here with you. Thank you so much for the invite. You're welcome. So we are here to celebrate the launch of your newest book, The New Hustle, and it was amazing. I have to tell you, I have never read a book this fast in my entire life. Normally it takes me a few years because I'm the person who starts a book and then I'll get onto a new book and then I'll come back to that book. But honestly, it was such an easy to read and easy digestible book. So loved it. So congratulations on that. Um, But there's so much I want to chat to you about on the podcast today. So we're going to jump straight in and jump in the deep end. So I wanted to chat a little bit about, obviously, this past year has caused us all to reassess why we're doing certain things and what we're doing and learning to slow down a little bit as well. So what was the biggest lesson you learnt this past year? Because I know that you've had your own challenges, as everyone has. That's an awesome question and good one to start with as well. Listen, I think there's not a human on the planet that hasn't been affected in some way from this past, you know, call it 12 months, call it 18 months, and I'm certainly not immune to that either. So firstly, massive business challenges. Um, My company is Business Chicks and pre-pandemic we produced about 110 live events. So we'd produce speakers like Richard Branson and Bob Geldof and Seth Godin, Ariana Huffington, Sarah Jessica Parker, Liz Gilbert, you name them, we've probably had the pleasure of presenting them. So that was a huge part of our business. So when the restrictions came in and live events were banned, obviously a huge amount of our livelihood was swept away. So that was just a practical, okay, great. (laughs) How are we going to manage this and what do we have to do? And, you know, one of the first things that we obviously had to do was rationalize costs. So unfortunately that meant that we had to let a few people in our business go, which is the worst job for many leaders, me included. No one likes to do that at all. And then we had to really reimagine how we were going to show up for our community and and serve our members and what that meant. So one of the first things we did as a leadership team, and I'm in, in a lot of ways, I'm living the entrepreneur's dream. You know, I started the business 15 years ago and I moved to California. I live in Los Angeles. 
I moved from Sydney, Australia six years ago now, and I put in a wonderful CEO into the business and a leadership team. So in a lot of ways, I have got this kind of unique perspective that my business is run operationally by really fantastic team in Australia. And that frees me up to think and to strategize, you know, remotely. So a lot of the lessons that we were kind of already had learned over the past six years of me not being in the business really played out when we all had to go remote and work our way into a new way of being, you know, so as I said, we had to rationalize costs, we had to let some people go, we had to pivot all our offline events into digital events. So we were pretty quick to the game. You know, we got a few events off the ground, I think within a week of the pandemic being called a pandemic. And that was really great. We really just show, tried to show up for our members and serve them and meet them where they were. So yeah, rationalizing costs was one, pivoting our products and offerings, and then really kind of studying the way we were going to get through this, not just from a sort of mental health perspective, but also how we we're going to still be standing as a business. And, you know, my heart breaks for Australia right now, because even though we did it really, really, really tough here in the US, you know, our schools were closed for 13 months and we we're in lockdown for, yeah, it's, it was extraordinary. So as well as trying to save my company, uh, I had a little newborn guy and, you know, I had five kids that were needing to be homeschooled. So that was a whole other full-time job. So really the impact and the lessons learned from the last period of time have been huge. But I think, I think the biggest things are really looking at what is important and what matters and being able to have the space and time to recalibrate all of those questions that we forget to ask ourselves because we're so on the autopilot of our lives and we just get up and we go do our thing and we, you know, probably work in jobs that we're not entirely satisfied in or we stay in businesses that aren't doing as well as we hope they would do without really being thrown any decent amount of perspective. So for us, you know, that introspection and questioning and curiosity about how we could do things better was probably the biggest thing that we took from the last little while. Wow. It's been obviously a roller coaster for you in the past year, but you've done it so well. And I'm sure it maybe didn't feel like it at the time, but it looked seamless from the outside. And, you know, you've just continued. And what you shared in your book is, you know, you came back to the why of why you started Business Chicks and it really does shine through. So congratulations on that. One of the most common questions that I hear from my community and online is how to make a business a success and not just a hobby whilst juggling kids. So I have a lot of friends and people in business and they sort of say, I have kids. How can I actually, you know, run a successful business? So I thought, who better to ask than yourself with six kids? What would be your biggest piece of advice? And I'm sure it's day by day. (laughs) Listen, Jess, I mean, just before I came on this podcast with you, I had to yell at my uh, 10-year-old. She's got a friend over right now. They just walked in from school and they were making slime on the bathroom floor just outside my office. And I had to say, honey, like close the door and whisper. And it never really ends. And nothing is ever as it seems on Instagram or, you know, as people would like you to perceive their lives as, you know, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a challenge every single day. I've found that, you know, your mindset is a massive thing. So really trying to choose to see the juggle and having a family and having a business as an absolute privilege, which it absolutely is. And then trying to create systems around you and then trying to have amazing people around you as well. So, you know, I don't want to sit here at all and say that I have any of the answers, but I do know that the weeks are generally quite organized because I have a system. You know, I'm lucky that my kids arrange in age from 12 down to 14 months. So the big five are out of the house during the day, five days a week. So that's really great. 
and I do have some help with my little guy who's at home. So, but really, you know, trying to work out how to maximize my time, how to do the things that are most important, how to concentrate on the activities that are going to bring most leverage in my business and actually going to change the game or create more revenue or more innovation or whatever it is. So I've always been someone, and I think this is because I had a very, very early start in entrepreneurship. I had my first company when I was 18 years old. So I really had to learn, you know, how to get things off the ground and how to activate others and how to focus on what was important. So for me, I try and delegate the stuff that can be reasonably done by other people. I try and delegate that out to my team. I really try and look at and understand how we make money as a business and how I can impact that bottom line. Like I'm not focused on running around doing my bookkeeping. I'm not focusing on building a personal brand. I'm not worried about social media. I just do the things that are going to create the biggest impact. And for me, with a business our size, it tends to be, you know, how do I lead my middle managers and how do I create a culture where people feel they want to come to work and they want to show up and they want to do their best. But really, I mean, we need a whole episode on how to manage the juggle. It really is, again, just getting really, really, really clear on where your time should be spent and how you can maximize that time and everything else. Geez, I don't know, Jess, it's just, it's chaos and it comes back to trying to appreciate you know, what you're given and trying to have the right mindset every day. And that's easier said than done. I appreciate that. There's many days that I wake up and go, oh, I can't do today. And then somehow I do and, you know, start the day with a bit of coffee and with a little bit of wine and you just have, you know, I mean, I think, and you might've had this experience as well, you know, living and, and trying to scale and build businesses in this time has really taught me and taught a lot of my friends who are also in similar situations to really be a lot more gentle with ourselves and be a lot kinder and not put as much pressure on ourselves as we always have. So I've certainly relaxed into a lot of those ways of being and I, I'm meditating every day and I'm, I'm just trying to take it a little bit more s- slowly. And, you know, I'm encouraging my people to try and, you know, act in that way as well, because I think a lot of people's mental health is suffering at the moment and a lot of people don't have the resilience to sit in the uncertainty. So I'm really just trying to encourage everyone around us to see that we're all doing our best and, you know, we can't control anything and just to be kind to ourselves ultimately. Yeah, no, such incredible lessons. I mean, for anyone, I'm not yet a mum and and I think those principles still apply really, really strongly. And I think these days we're also bombarded with so many different messages as business owners. You have to be doing SEO, you have to be doing Instagram, you have to be doing all of these things. But in reality, you don't have to do all of them. Like you said, what are the things that are going to move the business forward and focus on those? So One thing I did love in the book was your what for principle. And I think that is the most tangible way to think of that exactly what you said. So can you share a little bit about this? Because honestly, this was one of my favorite parts. How did you sort of realize this? Because sometimes your brain might've just been doing that automatically, but to teach other people how to do that is super, super valuable. Yeah, yeah. And this one requires a little bit of sensitivity and a little bit of compassion as well, because, you know, we have to give ourselves a little bit of slack as human beings and that we do wake up and we do the things we've always done and we have whatever's in the pantry, we don't think about it. We go to an office or we go to our dining room and we just, we are living on autopilot without questioning what needs to change, right? So 
this idea and, and the book which you're talking about, Jess, is really condensed a lots of my wisdom or my experiences and stories have been condensed into 77 what we call anti-rules. And one of the rules in the book is I encourage people to think about the question, what for? And really this is a question that comes up, you know, with the people who are closest around me in my business. And I also encourage my team members to, to think about this question all the time because, you know, like we had an example in our, we, we have an all hands meeting every Tuesday and we had an all hands meeting yesterday and, you know, someone was talking about writing an article about something. And I just, again, very gently said, oh, what for? <laughs> what are we doing that for? And, and the person who was, you know, sharing with the team, she was like, oh, and she didn't really have an answer. And it's just, it, it was a, it was kind of a lovely little illustration of, oh yeah, like there's no real point to do this. Like it is actually not going to move the business forward. It's actually not going to change anything. It's actually not going to give us any further outcome. And I think this is where my interest and curiosity lies because I think in not just entrepreneurial businesses, I think in wider corporate businesses, how we've traditionally measured success is by the input, right? Like how much work we do, how much time we sit at our desks, how much sleep we don't get. I don't care for any of those things. You know, I care for the output. I care for what the results are and how we've actually grown as a business and grown as people. So yeah, I'm glad you like that rule. It's what for. It's just it's just really encouraging people to question why they do certain things and can there be a better way? Do you need to stop doing certain activities, start doing other activities or continue doing the same ones? So Again, it just comes back to interrupting and interrogating the why we do the certain activities we do in our careers and in our businesses, because we don't always need to. Yeah, no, I love that. It's just super simple as well, but so many people overlook it, I guess, and don't necessarily see why we're doing those things. So I think that is really, really amazing. I am interrupting your listening right now because I have something super exciting for you. You can win your very own copy of Emma's latest book, The New Hustle. All you have to do is screenshot this episode, share it to your Instagram stories and tag myself at jess.williamson8 and Emma at Emma Isaacs and share your favorite takeaway from this episode and you'll go into the running to win your very own copy. So good luck and let's get back to the episode. I really just love how always open and honest you are, you know, you sort of share in the book that it's really, really important to always own your mistakes. So I would love to know what is one of the biggest, I guess, mistakes, but also learnings, you know, as you've been throughout your entire journey. I mean, you've been in business since you were 18, like you said, and I'm sure there's been a lot of lessons along the way, but what's one that's always stuck with you and that's really left a massive impression on you or taught you something really, really valuable? Yeah, that's a great question. I think particularly as females, we can fall into the trap of wanting to please everyone we come in contact with and we can fall into the trap of, you know, we, I mean, we all need to be likeable and we all need to be personable and we all need to be fair and hopefully respected and respect others. No one's doubting any of that. But I think there's a conditioning that comes with being a female leader that you have to act a certain way in order to remain liked and also get ahead right. So I think some of the biggest mistakes I've made in business are when I've had the wrong people on my team and I've taken far too long to let them go because, you know, relationships are really, really, really important to me and I, I want to ensure that I'm doing the right thing by everyone that I come in contact with. And, you know, it's just not always possible to 
build a fantastic culture if someone's not performing or is not getting on with someone else. So I think some of the biggest mistakes I've made is yeah, trying to be liked for a little bit too long and trying to imagine the problem away and trying to believe that things are going to get better. But it's a part of life that we have to release people at times as horrible as it can be for leaders and as challenging as it can be to realize that someone didn't work out in your company. It's it's an awful feeling for them and for you and for the perhaps the others in the business as well. So I think people problems are probably the biggest thing that most businesses face, you know, how to get great people and how to keep great people and then how to make sure the culture is an incredible place to come to work and to live and breathe in. So that's been a big one. I mean, I think the biggest strategic mistake I've made is trying to launch business chicks into the US. Um, that was filled with a billion different learnings and, and teaching within that one lesson, but ultimately it, it didn't work. And some of the lessons I learned there were that things take at least twice the amount of time you think they will and they will cost you, I don't know, I, I mean, this is not science, but you know, at least five times what you expect they will. And also if you are trying to take your brand or your business global, just really understand the nuances of different regions and locations. And a lot of people said to me, actually, it would have been easier for you to start a business in China rather than the US, because even though we share the same language and, you know, we get our pop culture from the US and obviously, you know, we travel back and forth. It's just, it's so different to Australia. So there were heaps of learnings there, but um, yeah, ultimately that was a big lesson and a big mistake. Not, not a mistake. I mean, it's a, it's a funny word, isn't it? The word mistake to me feels really finite and it wasn't necessarily a mistake. I mean, I grew as a person, I grew as an entrepreneur, I grew as a mother, I grew in so many different ways. So there was so much goodness to be taken from that lesson or that mistake I hope that helps in a little way oh absolutely and I do think I mean even if it's you know firing a client or you know saying no to a bad customer or whatever it is I think that that is a number one challenge that a lot of female business owners have is saying no or wanting to you know not upset someone or offend someone and so people start ghosting these days you know people would rather run away and ignore their email than just be honest. And I love honesty. If someone could give me some honest feedback and just say, hey, Jess, look, I've decided to go in a different direction because of this. That's amazing. I can grow. I've now got feedback and I've got peace of mind. So what tip would you have for someone who I guess would prefer to ghost or to run away than letting someone down in a way? Yeah. I think that's an awesome question and massive learnings to be had there. I, I think it takes a lot of courage and I think more than anything, it takes practice. So just starting off with the little tasks and finding what language works for you, you know, like the way the words come out of your mouth are going to be different to the way the words come out of my mouth, but it's really about finding what works for you and, and just practicing over and over and over. And it can be really challenging for people to say no, but, you know, I've really understood the sort of relationship between time and the, the time that it can take for you to decision make whether you're going to say yes or no to a bad client or a you know deal or whatever the situation is but the the shorter you can make that decision making time and the quicker you can learn to find the language to say hey this is not for me but thank you so much for the opportunity or hey things aren't working out as the way I thought they would be so I'm going to move on here again I can't sort of train you what that language is but it's really about practicing over and over and over and I found it really really 
awkward and difficult in in the first few years of my career to be able to turn people down and I thought oh they're going to hate me and they're never going to want to talk to me again but really like we just have such a short period of time to mobilize and activate and build and you know we really need to maximize every single minute so and I, I think also I talk about this in the book people will respect your directness they'll look up to you for asking for what you want and for being direct and, and not leaving them with any shade of doubt as to what's in your mind so I, I just think the advice is practice, practice, practice until it becomes second nature. And I know I I try and coach my people in my business to do that. And for some of them, they really struggle. But now it's like, oh, cool, that's easy. You know, it's two minute email or a three minute conversation on the phone and then it's done. And it does get easier. I promise you it does get easier. (laughs) Oh, good. Well, I'm glad it gets easier because that's amazing. And at least people can look forward to that. One thing I love about you is your ability to just make things happen and like you've titled your first book winging it so what do you think is the biggest reason why I guess you know we live in an age where there's more information out there than ever there's more ways to gain finance or you know overcome these things that people often use as excuses but yet there's so many people sitting in jobs they hate or you know not going after their goals or not making it happen and I love that you shared you know a very very inspirational and raw story about how you actually rented your house out on Airbnb in the US. And that was when you were launching into the US, you had a big successful business and people sort of think that when my business grows, I won't have these problems, right? So we often hear about people doing these things in the startup phase, but you had a highly successful business in Australia, yet you were packing up your family every time you got a booking on Airbnb and and let someone else rent your house so that you could make a bit more money. So I just love, love, love that because it shows that you're never too big or successful to have these challenges come your way. And it's a great way of thinking because when you grow bigger, there's going to be bigger challenges coming your way as well. But what I would love to know is how can people inject a bit more of that thinking? Because I think a lot of people see their external resources and they say, oh, I don't have time or I don't have money or I don't know how. And then they just stay stuck. So what would your biggest advice be on overcoming those excuses? Listen, I absolutely hand on heart can resonate with what you said there. And there have been many, 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 many times in my business life and and career so far where I felt completely stuck and completely overwhelmed and like a failure and like it was all over (laughs) it was all going to end and certainly the time you talk about that I tell that story in the book was one of them I think it really comes back to acknowledging the truth you know and acknowledging okay I feel stuck I feel overwhelmed you know and not trying to brush it off and go no it'll be fine it'll be fine you know it's it's not fine you're allowed to experience these feelings and you're allowed to admit that you don't have the answers so I I think having that vulnerability is a, is a real strength and being able to put up your hand and ask for help. So when all that went down and the business didn't go the way I planned in the US, you know, we did have to do some pretty radical things to survive. And I did have to call on a lot of people for help, you know, so I have a wonderful business coach that I've worked with for many, many, many years. You know, I turned to and we did sessions and we still work together to this day, which is fantastic. I think self-awareness and acknowledging the truth of how you're feeling is really, really important. I think having really great people around you who can hold up a mirror to perhaps your language and your self-limiting beliefs. 
we are meaning-making machines, right? And we tell ourselves stories and, you know, we're conditioned from so many different angles, you know, whether it's society or the family structure that we were brought up in to believe certain things about ourselves. But the reality is that we have the flexibility to change how we view ourselves and our skills and what we want from our life. So understanding that and knowing that anything that we want is absolutely possible if we change our thinking is a really crucial kind of link to make you know and I I grew up in a wonderful family you know really loved and attached and you know very ordinary but beautiful childhood but we didn't really have any money and you know I dropped out of university after six months and nothing in my childhood or my early story would tell you that I could go on to build what I've built but I really got hooked on personal development from really my teenage years and started reading every single book I could get my hands on. I watched every single DVD. I listened to, it was actually cassettes back then, cassettes. And, you know, I go to these workshops and seminars. I really just tried to educate myself and change my beliefs about what was possible. And what I learned from a lot of these teachers was that many of them were self-made and they just really worked out how to get great people around them and, you know, be a little bit more courageous every single day and, continuously stay curious and open and you know when you when you start to believe these things and you change the way you view yourself honestly like a whole new world does open up and it's self-development right it's working on yourself and instead of whining and complaining and bemoaning your circumstances like do get into action and do something and I, I don't know what that is Jess it's going to be different for you than it is for me right but all I know is like if we continue doing the way things have always been done that we're going to get what we've always got right so you know, if you're really unhappy in some area of your life or the job you're in or the relationship you're in, like you do have the power to make decisions and change something. I know that much for sure. Oh, amazing. No, that is such a valuable lesson. I actually did a whole podcast episode on just changing that wording and magic happens. And I even had a a message from someone who listened to that episode and she said that she invested $300 into a branding that she knew she had to do, but she'd put it off for so long. The very next day, she got an order for the exact same amount. Seems wild until you kind of do it and experience it yourself. But I think words and your self-talk are one of the most important parts, but people often overlook that and they just want, give me the strategy and tell me what marketing I need to do. And Yeah, you're 100% spot on, you know, and I think I always still find it kind of mind-blowing that to this day I'll bring what I believe is a business problem to my coaching sessions, right? And so I start off, oh, and then this happened and that happened and then my coach will kind of distill it down and then we'll work out. It's, it's just like I'm looking at it in a certain way and I have some sort of limiting belief that is having me see that problem through a lens of my own conditioning, right? So when we can bring break that down, you realize that like you're, you're so much more than what you think. Like you're, you're a whole machine with a heart and an intuition and, and there's so much more than just like what you think about things, right? So again, coming back to that awareness and really questioning yourself and getting out of your way and not being so stubborn and arrogant is a really beautiful way to grow yourself and start to get the results that you want, really. Incredible. No, I think that is so, so valuable coming from yourself as well, you know, who's built this amazing business and supporting so many women out there. Before we finish up, I would love to ask you, what is a favorite quote or lesson or some sort of saying that you like to live by? Yeah, that's awesome. I think one of my favorites that I always come back to is if it is to be, then it's up to me. And that one for me is really just about like, if I want something, it's within my power to change it or get it. I try not to think about, oh, but you know, I've got to rely on this person or I've got to ask that person. Like if I want anything, it's only up to me. There's no one else who's responsible for it, you know, and that has worked for me 
in so many areas of my life, you know, from childbirth, like there's no one else who can have that, that baby for you through to growing businesses. Obviously you do it with a beautiful team around you, but ultimately, you know, if you're the leader and you're the founder, you set the tone and you set the pace for how things are done in your company. So I like that one. And the other one comes from Dr. Martha Beck, who I absolutely adore. And she said, if something's not working, don't do it harder. And I love that because I think this sort of speaks to the whole themes of this book that we've just talked about in this episode. You know, it's really about just don't keep on doing things the way they've always been done, right? Like there's no need to do that. And we've been served up this huge opportunity and this huge moment to bring in some perspective and to bring in some critical thinking and to really start to question if we're doing exactly what we want to be doing and to make some changes if it's not, you know. And I know that that can always be really confronting and really, really difficult, but the opportunity is here and I would just hate to have people, you know, have it pass them by and think it's all good, you know, nothing changed. You know, I really want people to kind of sit down and, and pull out a notebook and, and just really question themselves and see if there isn't a way that they can create a new way of being for themselves and, and create whatever it is they want from their lives because I think that moment is here and it's now and we can grab it if we really want it. Uh, incredible. I think both of those two summarise this podcast, but also your book so well. And I think there's such important lessons for anyone to take away. So I'm so excited we got to end on such an amazing note. But I just wanted to say I am so, so grateful that I've been able to chat to you today and celebrate the launch of your new book, The New Hustle. And I'll have all the links in the show notes. So everyone can go and get their hands on the book, because like I said, there has never been a better book that I've been able to digest. I find a lot of books can sometimes, my mind will go wandering, but I love how it was laid out in sections and it was just really, really great. So if you're not a big reader, this book really is for you as well. So thank you so much, Emma, for joining me today. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me on. I really loved our chat. Thank you. Wow. What an episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Just a quick reminder, if you did enjoy this episode and you would like to win a copy of Emma's book, The New Hustle, make sure you screenshot and share this episode to your Instagram stories and tag myself at jess.williamson8 and Emma at Emma Isaacs on Instagram. And the winner will be announced on September 15th. So stay tuned and good luck.